0: Episode 14 of Infield Dirt. I'm your host, Katie Honenbaum, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Chase. Uh, on uh, yeah, on a beautiful Wednesday night here, uh, great baseball going on this week. Um, myself, I'm currently you know tuned into the Mets-Philly game, so we've got that going on. Um, Matty Chase, how's your how has your week been so far?
1: That week's been good. Nice couple of days here in Ithaca, New York. Can't complain. The weather's nice. Baseball's back.
0: Yeah, we had that one day where it just – well, two days where it rained for yeah. about two days straight. But I guess we'll take that over snow.
1: Hey, at you know, it's, it's Ithaca. You take what yeah. you can get.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, it is what it is at this point. But hopefully uh, – well, I guess, you know, you kind of have to expect that springtime, so – you know.
1: Yeah.
0: We'll take what we can get. But let's get into some baseball news. Um it's been a just a great couple of days. For some reason so I just looked up MLB this is completely off topic. I just looked up mlb.com to like look at some scores. Uh Google Crumbs in Spanish right now. Can't read anything. So trying to figure <laughs> trying to figure out which one is just the MLB site because it's been since high school since I've taken Spanish and I guessed right. Okay. All right. Well, what we were thinking here today is we were going to go kind of uh, division by division or uh, yeah, division by division here. And, um, you know, kind of go down and, and take a look at, uh, the standings and, you know, all of that. So, um, I guess we'll start with the, the AL East. Um, yeah. You know we, we've done some al East talk for sure in the past uh you know and definitely in the past episode but um it's interesting the way that the division is stacked out right now for sure um let's see I mean for the first thing we could definitely talk about is the Red Sox um nine and three uh they've won eight straight ball games. So what are we thinking? Are they for real or?
1: I think they're, I think they're for real. Um, I think that that lineup is ridiculously talented. They've been crushing baseball and I think they get just enough pitching where they can, they can, um, they're going to be legitimate. I mean, Chris Sale is going to come back at some point, which is uh, you know a big bonus for them, but yeah. I mean, right now their their pitching staffs look pretty damn good, and they're they're hitting the heck out of the ball. Plus, there's nobody else in that division that's really that good right nope. now. Um, the Yankees are struggling. Blue Jays are just getting started a little bit. Tampa Bay is an okay team; they're not great. So, you know, I don't see why not for Boston.
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's 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 the opposite of the NL East, where like really any team could could win the division, and you know not like you wouldn't be surprised but you know it would it would uh it would definitely make more sense than than some of these teams in the AL East but it's um it's kind of you know the Blue Jays and the Rays are still there at two and three but we really expected it to be really just the Yankees and whatever you know side of the wagon you fell on whether it was the Rays or the Blue Jays it's kind of just um uh, you know, the blue Jays are in second, they're six and six. We, you know, we haven't really seen anything. Um, there hasn't been anything super noteworthy. They've just been solid so far. I guess you could say, uh, Boba starting to turn it on a little bit lately. Steven Matz. I mean, it's the X met reunion tour around MLB right yeah. now. Steven, Matz, I, like he looks so many good. of these he guys. Really good. Yeah. He's, uh, two, I think he's one and oh with a 1.46 ERA right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he's been phenomenal so far. So that's definitely a good sign for the Blue Jays. And, you know, when pitching was definitely a question coming into the year. And then, you know, you mentioned a couple of episodes ago, some of those bullpen pieces that they got um, have looked really good. Um, so, yeah. Also, they I get mean,
1: George Spr- Springer back soon, you yeah. know. the big bonus for them. He's a great center fielder. But, yeah, um, I mean, I, all mean all like I don't know time. about you. I think, it's for me at least, I think it's going to be Boston and Toronto now. I don't like the Yankees. I know I'm probably – overreacting a little bit, but I really, I hate that lineup and that pitching staff is not that good.
0: No, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you saw the way they got dismantled by the Rays in that last series. I mean, that's, it's, it's that's tough to, um, you know, that's the team that you're supposed to be ahead of. Um, and, and, and I, and I get, you know, this is a good, kind of a good segue into, I mean, you and I, I know we're looking at all of the, uh, like the power rankings that come out after, you know, the first couple of weeks. And I know myself and I'm, 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 I know you were too. Um, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And it's like you said, I I hope I'm not overreacting to this, but it's just like, I don't understand how, I mean, the Yankees have been three in every power ranking I've seen so far I just don't understand how you can justify that. There's the, it's one thing if they're losing all these close games and, and and like you know they're they're still hitting the heck out of the ball, but they are not. They're not. Their hitting has been really unimpressive, and their pitching has been so-so. So
1: no, I agree. I totally agree. There, um, you know, when you look at I looked at their lineup today. I mean, it's you know Judge had a good day, but there's really no. Besides Judge and Stan and the way Torres is swinging right now, I know you got DJ in there, but it's really not an impressive lineup. And on the pitching side of the ball, I mean, obviously Garrett Cole is one of the best pitchers in baseball, but they really don't have anybody else right now. So to have them at number three just doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, when I, I'm pretty sure they're sitting in dead last right now in the division. I know it's early on. Yeah. But they just they haven't even they haven't looked apart at all in any of their games like they were a good team.
0: No, not at all. And, 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 you know, you mentioned their pitching. They recently made the move to, they DFA Domingo Herman. Um, uh, you know, th- so, uh, you know, they DFA would him and they bring up, uh, which, which I was kind of surprised about. I was, you know, I know they have Derek Dietrich sitting in triple a, but they opted to DFA Herman and bring up, um, uh, Rugneto and and trade for Rugneto door, which was like, I, see, I, mean, I don't what like, a, like that move either. I, well, at this point, it's like, what else? It, it doesn't make. It's not gonna. It doesn't make or break your team, I guess. But it, it just was a very, um, it was a confusing move. I, yeah. I mean, you've already got Jay Bruce in there every day. You know, taking up at bats and Aaron <laughs> and, Hicks. And, yeah, Aaron Hicks. I, I've been starting to hear more you know, the more that I listen to, you know, other podcasts and, and even, um, you know, other broadcasters and stuff like that, but I've been starting to hear more on just kind of how confused people are about the fact that, um, Hicks is, you know, a three hole hitter and yeah, (laughs) there's the Yankees have a lot of work to do. It's Still very early in the season. Obviously, you talked about it. Garrett Cole is phenomenal. Um, you know, I think right now it's it's interesting because I saw someone say the AL Cy Young is his to lose. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. I think uh, to stay real like the last you know bit of the NL East. Um, I mean, Tyler Glass now my AL Cy Young pick is looking really good right now.
1: I mean, and you also can't forget about, you know, Bieber. He looks phenomenal. Yes. Lucas Chilito yes. Shilido. looks really good.
0: Yeah. So. It's, I mean,
1: Cole's Cole's going to be in the discussion, but it's yeah. not yeah. his to lose.
0: No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. that's kind of – that's it, really. I mean, the Red Sox – well, I think they won – I think they won nine straight, actually, because they just swept the doubleheader today. Yeah. Um, yeah, excuse me on that. Nine straight for the Red Sox. I mean, this team is – Wow. They are a wagon right now. So, um, yeah, but, um, moving on to the AL central now, um, then another team, you know, we talked about those power rankings, the twins at the bottom of that division. I know, you know, it's what he like said, it's early in the season. They're five and seven. They were ranked fourth in the power rankings. Another confusing one there right now, the Indians and the Royals are tied for first. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't see that being the case as we head down this, uh, head down the stretch, but, um, yeah, I've been under impressed with the twins as well. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree. Um, I mean, right now they have a plus 12 run differential, which means that they're not, you know, they're not playing terribly. Um, yeah. I mean the, the division right now, it's all. It's all for grabs as is all the divisions, but there's nobody's really, you know, stood out, I guess. Cleveland's pitching staff's been what we thought. It's just, can they score yeah. runs? Kansas City's played pretty well. Um, they're six and four. They're doing a good job. Uh, they've been battling. They've, their lineup's not even really gotten going yet. And Brad Keller had a better yeah. start today, but his first two were really bad. Um, yeah. The White Sox really haven't gotten going. Hendricks struggled a little bit. They haven't hit great. The Twins kind of, you know, we hit on a little bit. I don't like their lineups. I think they're too much, you know, home run or bust type deal. Um, and then yeah. I mean, Detroit. Detroit got some good. Um, I will say they they look better. Um, Casey Mize absolutely yeah. threw a jam against the Astros the other day. So you know they've they've had some guys play well to start the season that they have to be excited about.
0: Yeah, and one guy that you have to be excited about for sure, Akil Badu. Um, what an awesome story he is. Uh, remember that name. I mean, he's only 22 years old. This is a rule five guy. Um, you know, and and he never played above single A before he came to spring training, hit 325 with five homers in spring training. And then what's next? Makes the opening day roster now. He's hitting 391 with four homers. He's only got 25 at bats. That's Um, great news for them
1: because they've you know, they've struggled developing some hitters. Yeah, Um, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's even, you know, like I mentioned, just being a rule five guy, that's an even better story because, you know, basically the twin and, and and hitting the walk off against his former team Mm -hmm. in that second series was so cool to see. So he's definitely been another, another great story for Detroit. And then you, uh, you know, speaking of guys kind of coming out of nowhere, your man Mercedes is still absolutely annihilating the baseball. Did you see the home run he hit today? Yes, absolutely. Oh my God
1: you know, he's probably been, if you take him off that team, I don't, I mean, they're, they're five and six and they're up, Yeah, they're beating the Indian six, nothing right now, but he's been by far their best hitter. So, uh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He just crushes baseball.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you're hitting almost 500, I mean, I think he's at 485 right now. Um, it's kind of hard to (laughs) to, to beat that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, man, what a talent he is. Uh, and obviously the, the great start he got off to, but um you know I kind of wanted to touch on on Giolito a little bit because I feel like obviously last year he was phenomenal, 2019 he was an all-star, but I think like he is really starting to establish himself as one of the best pitchers in baseball. I, I mean I I kind of coming into the year, like I wasn't sure if he was top 10 necessarily. But I think this year, like he could catapult himself into top five, and there's no question about that. His stuff yeah. is gross.
1: Well, he his stuff is just disgusting, and yeah. I think that you know every time he matches up with Bieber, like he did last night, it's just electric. Those two go at each other, um, and his changeup is just so good. Uh, and, and he's you know his problem with the with the Nationals and when he first came with, over to the White Sox was repeating his mechanics and throwing enough strikes. And now he does that. So, um, and he's, he's yeah. another guy like Tyler glass. Now that it's like, when they throw strikes and they're, they're getting ahead, they're just so hard to hit.
0: Yeah. There's so many cool things about Giolito. Um, You know, just the way he's reworked his entire delivery. He does, he kind of short arms it now, which has allowed him to repeat his mechanics more. He's like a, you know, he's a tall lanky guy. So that loose arm action wasn't letting him throw strikes. And then it's kind of like, um, you know, it, it, there was a lot of the same with now too, when he came over from the Pirates and the Rays obviously helped him with that. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Giolito is just, I mean, I, he's going to be really good. And he's, you know, for year for multiple him years. Him and Lance
1: Lynn are a hell of a one too.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then Dylan Cease has looked really good too. Um, you know, he's got good stuff. It's just a matter of him being consistent and, um, you know, keeping the walks down, you know, but he's still young too. So I, I think the White Sox will eventually start really putting it together this season. Um, I'm not worried about them too much. So, um, yeah, so and then, you know,
1: season. they got time.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's kind of funny how we say that for some teams and others are just like,
1: ah, I don't know yeah. about that. But um, Yeah, we're done with that. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, we'll go to the AL West. But the Los Angeles Angels still sitting in first place. Um, yeah, I mean, are we wor- I mean, their their run differential is in the negatives. <clears throat> you know, run differential is kind of
1: A it's hard to thing. look at
0: now this early in the season. Um, But yeah, I mean, we've talked about the angels a little bit. uh, And obviously the biggest story is just, and and probably is going to continue to be, if he can stay healthy is, is Shohei Otani. Um, I mean, just unbelievable. uh, For those of you that don't like pay that much attention to, baseball I mean you have to watch this guy because he is one of the best athletes period that I've ever watched I mean obviously he can throw 100 he can hit the ball 480 feet 500 feet Um, he hit a double the other day that was 119 miles an hour off the bat and then he beat out a routine ground ball to the shortstop his sprint speed was 29 and a half feet per second. And I guess 30 feet per second is like elite, elite. Um, that's like Tim LaCastro elite speed right there. So. that's uh, yeah, Right, baby, former bomber. Um, but yeah, I mean, Shohei Ohtani, you're just like, really? He can run like this too? He's a specimen.
1: Yeah. He's, I mean, he does things that like when you watch him hit, he'll hit a ball in the gap and he'll get a triple. And you're just like, wow, that was. Yeah. Insane. Impressive, like that's that's just not normal. And then he'll get on the bump, and he'll throw a hundred and one, and have a nasty splitter. And you're just like, damn, that looks yeah. like you know, that's that's just elite stuff. So, obviously, I mean, he's he's the key to their team. Like, I don't think, yeah, you know, Mike Trout's on the team. Rendon, they have other guys. They need good pitching from the rest of their starters. But when he plays well and hits the ball well and pitches well, it just seems like they're a different team. Like yeah. they they kind of feed off of the you know, the fact that they're like, we've got this dude that just does everything. He's absolutely electric. Like we, you know, when he's on our team playing well, our chances of winning are, are much better than we've not. So I think that, yeah. you know, him staying healthy is the key to that team.
0: Yeah. It's like really just like his presence in general. Just like you said, just being there yeah. on the mound at the plate and especially him hit, doing both. Um Yeah, it's going to be huge for the Angels if they're going to – I honestly think this year they don't need to make a deep run in the playoffs. They're not really built to necessarily. But if they can make the playoffs, that would be a huge step in the right direction for them.
1: You know, I honestly – like, you know, it's early in the season. A lot of things have to go right with health and stuff like that, performance. But, I mean, Dylan Bundy has looked much better ever since he got to the Angels. Yeah. Andrew Heaney's a solid pitcher. I, you know, if they, the way they swing the bat, and if Otani stays healthy and pitches for them, I, you know, they could be a playoff team. And like you said, if they make the playoffs, that's a win for them. You know, they're not, I don't think anybody sees them, you know, making the World Series. But if they make the playoffs, that's a good season. And honestly, the West, the Astros are probably the favorites right now. But the way Oakland's looked, you know, Seattle's not really ready yet. I mean, they're solid, but they're not going to win the division. Yeah. You know, they could stay in and at the deadline too, if you're, you know, if you're competitive and you're close, the angels got the money to go out and make a move. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, you mentioned Oakland too. I mean, after that first, uh, after that first series sweep against Houston, I mean, they've really turned it around Oakland. So, you know, that, that's been good to see. They've pitched a little bit better. Um, you know, they've started to hit the ball a little bit and, and they came out and they beat Houston in their next series, so you know, you can't really ask for much more than that. Um, but you know, it's kind of like we talked about right now. It's, I mean, I think Houston is the clear favorite. I mean, actually, speaking of the Astros, this is just, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, this just happened, but um, the Astros had multiple players. Let's see if I can find the headline here that um, tested positive for COVID. And I think their game just got canceled. And I know some of the players who are currently in um, like on the, the COVID list is if that's what you call it um, includes Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez and uh, Jose Altuve. Um, There's five Astros that are currently sidelined. Uh, due to those health and safety protocols. So, um, you know, we'll see what kind of effect that has on the Astros. I mean, if those guys are going to be out at least 10 games or whatever it is.
1: um, And baseball
0: is tough tough for them.
1: Baseball is such a strange sport. I mean, the Astros came out and just absolutely pounded the A's the first series. And then now they play Detroit. And I mean, they're they just look like a completely different team. It's crazy how much things can
0: change. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it really is, especially early in the season. It, it It's crazy to watch. Um, move over to the NL a little bit here. Um, in the NL East, I mean, how about your New York Mets in first place based on the winning percentage? Obviously, they've <laughs> played about half the games as every other team has um, <laughs> because Mother Nature and the baseball gods just don't want the Mets to play. And uh, like you kindly mentioned to me before we got on the air here, um, I guess the, Met, the Mets are obviously, they're going to Colorado this weekend and apparently it's going to snow. So that'll be, that'll be really awesome. I'm sure. They'll end up playing a couple double headers. Um, but yeah, so slow start for Atlanta. Um, I, I think that's the biggest story here. I mean, Washington, you know, they're one of those, you know, they're a team where, you know they they have a great lineup, obviously, but uh, you know them and the Phillies are similar in a similar spot, I would say. But I I think the and, and the Phillies have looked very good early on to start the season, but I think what's been the most surprising is the slow start for Atlanta.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Max Freed going on the DL today really hurt yeah. them. He struggled. Yeah, Charlie Morin struggled today too. Um, you know, their pitching staff just hasn't really gotten going yet. Uh, yeah. Mike Soroka's still out offensively. Um, Albies and Freeman have out, gone off to slow starts. I know Freeman's hit some homers, but overall, his batting average is low.
0: Really, they're just, really just been really, a not
1: yeah. yeah, they're just not really playing well right now. I think Washington, um, Joe Ross has looked really good. And is, I don't think he's given up a run yet. They don't have Lester back yet, so I think they'll start to pick it up here in, in a little bit. That division just really tough. Um, I mean, yeah. you saw Miami was up to like a one and six start, and they've come back and looked very well, uh, very good the past few days. Jazz Chisholm's yeah. really hit the ball well. So I think it's going to be one of those divisions that you know through June or July, everybody will have similar records. Obviously, you know, some you know the team in first will probably be like five games about five hundred, yeah. but. Um, I don't really see anybody running away with this division until like late August, September, just because everybody's really good.
0: Yeah, it's true. Um, I mean, you mentioned Jazz Chisholm too. I want to ask you about the comments he made. Uh, So he hit, obviously he had a home run off Jacob DeGrom um, the last time uh, DeGrom pitched this season, which I don't know if we have talked about this yet. Um, Eight innings pitched, 14 strikeouts, one earned run and the loss Uh, I mean, come on, you know, there's not, I mean, at this point it's it's comical, the, I mean, you could read all the stats you want about the fact that, you know, he started 72 games for the Mets. And I think he's got like a 2.06 ERA or something like that. And he's won 31 games and lost 40, however many add up to this, the, the, the number there. But, um, (laughs) I mean, it's just kind of, it, at this point, it's just like, you know there's it, it seems like no matter how good he pitches like a the run support doesn't happen or b the bullpen just comes in and fucking blows the game so um hopefully tomorrow they score some runs for him cuz you can't go out there pitch 8 innings with 14 strikeouts one run and get a loss yeah, in that that's, game
1: that's brutal i mean you got to be better than that you know it's just You can't have your your A's go out there and throw the ball that well and and lose. you you got to do something to, you know, scratch at least one off so he doesn't get the loss. Get shut out.
0: Yeah. You know, and... Too bad. And here's the thing, like, looking ahead a little bit, I don't see this happening. I don't see it being that big of a problem where this has to happen. But DeGrom, the contract he's under right now, there is an opt-out after 2022. So say he keeps going on the trajectory that he's on right now in terms of his ability Um, and he's, you know, and the Mets are still being the Mets, you know, it's hard to blame him for wanting to go somewhere and win. You know, I know we're in the point and we're kind of in the time period in baseball right now where, you know, wins are not the most important thing for a pitcher. Um, in terms of your statistics, but you got to think for DeGrom, like the way he pitches, you want to get at least 15 wins, right? I, I mean, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough.
1: Yeah, but, no, I agree. And I mean, I think that, I think this year with this Mets team, there's no reason why he shouldn't have at least 15 wins. Their offense is really good. It should be. I know it's, they're struggling right now, but that that lineup's too good, has too many guys in it to not be good this whole year. So, yes, it was. It's got to be frustrating for him. But I also think that later on in the season, he might have a game where he goes like six innings, give up five runs, and they score eight, and he gets the win. They're very capable of that. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't worry about it because he does. I think he likes New York too, and I think this year, I think yes, yeah. we'll get going. We'll have a good season. So. Um and plus he's a pretty mellow guy. Like it seems like the media kind of over like, you know, takes it and they're like, Oh, this is terrible, whatever. And he's like, We'll be all right, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I don't see him as being a guy who, you know, I don't think he, he's never gonna show usually I mean, and the only thing he said after the game was they were like, Are you you know, what are you frustrated with? He's like, I'm frustrated that I gave up a home run. I mean, that was the only thing that I think that really bothered him. And, you know, speaking of the guy that hit the home run, this was – I wanted to ask you about this because Jazz Chisholm said that um, he was talking – so he hit a home run off of a 100-mile-an-hour elevated heater. Um, congratulations. I mean, yeah. Jesus Good Christ. You, man. It's insane. Um, but he said after the game something that was kind of interesting where he said that um, to Grom's 100, someone's, someone told him it's like an angry 100, which means it gets it gets on you quick. And he said after the game that he didn't think that was the case, that he said he saw it as a lighter 100, which is dude, like a mindset. He needs
1: to. He, he needs to be quiet. <laughs> he, needs to, he
0: needs to shut up
1: because, like, come on, dude. Dude, I mean, Jacob DeGrom – might go out there and he could legitimately strike Jazz Chisholm out the next 15 times. He like, <laughs> in no world is his fastball a light hundred. Like, light hundred. I've seen DeGrom go out there against the Marlins and throw the first three innings on just a fastball. Like, he yes. can easily do that. So, yeah. you you got, you had a very good swing You hit a solo home run. It was a shot. Good for you. The answer to that question is, He's nasty. I'm just lucky I (laughs) hit one. Like, come on now.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know how. Like, and what is a light hundred? Like, it's like I don't know. That's my yeah. That's my question. It's a hundred.
1: Gosh, I saw that one pretty
0: well. That's all you got to say. Like me, I'd go. I got lucky. I'd be like, yeah, dude. I closed my eyes and swung. I mean, and also, like, if you watch the game, too, seeing the way he swings, it really doesn't look like he swings that hard, and it's kind of obvious why. If a guy's throwing 100, the pitcher's supplying at least 90% of that power. All you have to do is – if you get the bat out in front on that, yeah, no shit. It's going to go 450 feet.
1: Yeah, also, you can't say the dude has got a light 100 when he goes out there and punches out 14 and 80. He's like (laughs) – Yeah. You should be like, no, that's a damn hard 100. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. I thought that was interesting, but, but I mean, like I was thinking this too, like jazz Chisholm, like you better become a fucking superstar if you're going to be making comments like that. And he looks pretty damn good. I mean, he's a good good, player, but you better, you better win an MVP before you say that. uh... Yeah. You might want to hit
1: a couple more homers off the ground before you say
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Go back down. We'll go down to the uh, the NL central here. Um, Cincinnati cooled off a hair, uh, since we last talked about them, Milwaukee, uh, up there tied with them for first place. Um, I mean, really, if you look at this, um, for the most part, the NL central and, and, you know, we'll get down to the NL West, but these two divisions, aside from maybe Cincinnati being where they are, they look about what we, about how we expect them to look. Um, I would say the Cubs can't hit for shit right now. Dude, I was
1: going to talk about that today. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, dude, like being a Chicago Cubs fan has to be so frustrating because, you know, this group won them the World Series in 2016 and they're so talented. Like their lineup, when you look at it, it should be one of the best lineups in all of baseball. Top to bottom just has dudes all over it. And they, they hit solo home runs and they struggle to score against the Pirates. You know, it's like, it it's just so frustrating because you've got Baez yeah. and Peterson, Rizzo and Bryant, Contreras. It's like, those are all all-stars. Yeah. Those are guys that mash. But yet, for whatever reason, every year it seems like they struggle to get to run the game.
0: Yeah, and they don't have a good enough pitching staff to yeah. have those problems. They really do not. They
1: really have a below average pitching staff. But yes. that offense yeah. should be able to make up for their pitching staff being okay. Like their offense should be one of the best in baseball. And right now it's, it's one of the worst.
0: Yeah. It, it's weird to sit here and say that about, I mean, cause you know, as a baseball fan, after watching what they did in, in 2016, you know, you'd be like, it, you know, saying that they're not going to be doing that, th- like that the Cubs aren't going to be in a World Series contention position every year, like you'd be crazy to say that after watching what they did in 2016. But it re- like they've taken a step back every single year to the fact that, or to the point that did they like they all they barely made the playoffs last year um and it had to be an expanded playoff season for them and they to got make beat the playoffs. by the Marlins
1: in two games
0: yeah exactly um and then the year before they get you know they get beat by the Rockies i mean it's just been it's tough to watch really and and i think a lot of it has to do with um i mean chris bryant like was the heart like he's the heart was the heart and soul of that team and I think that people, like, he couldn't, from what he did in 2016, he really couldn't get much better. I mean, he won an MVP, for Christ's sakes, but, um, and I think people, it's kind of similar to Bryce Harper. I don't think they're not the same player, but, um, like, a lot, they expected a lot out of Bryant. And I think that, like, when he didn't, you know, exceed those expectations, it kind of makes you look, Uh, people look up Bryant in like a negative light. And I think part of that has started to get to him. He struggled these past couple of years. I still think he's a really good player, but he struggled. And I think that's a big part of why the Cubs are struggling.
1: No, I I think, See, I think he's a good player when he's healthy. I think that it's a combination of, like you said, the expectation being so high after you win rookie of the year and an MVP. But I mean, the facts are that when he hits home runs, there's nobody else on base. So they're always hitting solo and yeah. runs. And I mean, top to bottom, you look at like Ian Half, um, Javi Baez, like even, I mean, Rizzo's had, Rizzo's been good. He just hasn't been great, I'd say. Same thing with Baez. But they've got guys who, you know, they're having solid careers and they've had solid seasons, but you kind of expect more from them just because of, how much success they had early on. So it's like, you know, when Javi Baez is hitting 220, it's, you know, he should be hitting, he should be hitting 280, 285. Like he's one of the best players in baseball.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's tough to watch um, because, you know, it's like you said, obviously, and we've said a lot, their lineup is a lineup where they should be in contention. Um, And yeah, it, it, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the Cubs, like whether or not they if things go the way that they're trending towards this season, like whether or not if they tear it down, if, you know, we'll we'll see what's going to happen. But and you don't you never want to see that. Um, But they're just they've not. Yeah, they've just been bad, really. Um, But but, you know, a a team that hasn't been bad um, lately is the Milwaukee Brewers. They've looked really good. And specifically, someone I want to talk about here is Corbin Burns. So Corbin Burns so far this season, 30 strikeouts, in three starts, zero walks, one earned run in 18 and a third's innings pitched. He's the first person to do that since 1906. Um, Is that good? I mean, I remember watching – That's yeah, I, I don't know. You tell me. I've been watching <laughs> Corbin Burns come out of the bullpen and being like – and and they've said about him like he could be an effective starting pitcher – Seems like they were undervaluing him a little bit. My God, he is disgusting.
1: Yeah. Well, he I mean, he was really good last year in the shortened season, but he, I mean, he's obviously been just dominant this year. Like he's right now, he's the leader for National League Cy Young award winner. Him and Woodruff are a really good one-two combo. Um, they really get after it. I think their pitching staff in general, I mean their bullpen's so good, and their first two guys are elite. So I mean, Adrian Hauser, guys like that just have to be okay, which I think yeah. they can be. Um, I mean, if, if Burns keeps going like this and Woodruff, they've got a chance to win the NL Central. Um, their offense is is pretty good, or at least I think it's going to be. Yeah. And that division is just not very good. Um, I mean, the Cardinals are probably the you know, the, it's the Brewers and Cardinals division, I'd say, right now. I know the Reds got off to a good start, but. I don't really expect that to continue, but um, yeah, yeah, Corbin Burns, man. I'm, I remember he struggled in the bullpen in like 2019, maybe like really struggled. Yeah. Um, so it's good to see him, you know, get off to a great start. He's obviously insanely talented.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you throw a 98 mile an hour cutter, that's yeah, that's, that's pretty sick. I don't like if you execute that pitch. There's not a lot of people who are going to hit that. Um, yeah, for sure. But it, you know, it's true. You know, if the, if the reds keep kind of doing what they're doing, the, the brewers offense finally starts clicking along with their, their pitching and their bullpen. Um, you could see them definitely, you know, take the central crown for sure. Um, the NL West was something that I mentioned, like it looks exactly how you expect it to the Dodgers, the Padres, the giants, the diamondbacks and the Rockies in dead last. Um, that i mean to a t that's kind of what everybody expects the padres have had a pretty weak schedule so far um but the dodgers have been the Do- i mean they they're just they're they're quite simply the best team in baseball and it's really not right now it's not that close at all um so well i mean yeah uh, I
1: know uh, I know. we talked a little bit about this last episode, Trevor Bauer, um, and we'll be looking into him. Man, did he look good last mm-hmm. night in Denver. I mean, his his only hiccup this year has it's been in this good. first start in the seventh inning where he gave up a couple runs. But you take that inning out of it, he's been just completely dominant for them. And, I mean, obviously, they're yeah. just insanely talented in general. But, um, I mean, you touched on it. The Padres' schedule really has not been – tough at all they play the Dodgers this weekend and then Milwaukee and then LA again so they'll start to get tested but um I mean something I think you and me both want to talk about is Joe Musgrove throwing a no-hitter yes. the first one in San Diego that's right Padres history um yeah hip-eye pitch damn it. but um absolutely electric performance so I mean I think we can both agree that was that was pretty cool
0: yeah it's so cool and and and, you know joe musgrove's a guy who's like you've seen like when he first came up um you know obviously he was drafted by the blue jays got traded over to the pirates came up with the pirates you saw kind of the raw stuff that was there but um now to see him really putting it together in san diego is awesome and you know throwing that no hitter in his hometown is one of the best moments and one of the best moments in Padres franchise history. And it's one of the going to be probably one of the best moments in baseball this season. Uh, really, really awesome. Yeah. And super happy for Joe Musgrove. And, and then, and, and like, you know, he's a guy coming in for this Padres rotation. Obviously, obviously you expect you Darvish to be good. You expect Blake Snell to be good. Um, but Joe Musgrove coming in being good too only helps.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I just want to, because, um, you know, we both expect them to be in the playoffs. Chris Paddock's a guy that when he first came up was really good, you know, ace-like stuff. And last year he struggled, and he's kind of struggled to begin this year. You know, to me, I think he is, he is the X factor that could make them even a World Series contender as a fourth starter. I was wondering what you think about him, and, you know, like, do you, do you think he can get back to that form he had when he first came up?
0: Um, yeah, so it's interesting because Chris Paddock, the sheriff, I really think that he, it, it's just a matter of him getting comfortable again. I think when he came up in 2019, like when he first came up and was just going out there for his first couple of starts, just shoving, um, I, I think he puts too much pressure on himself to like, kind of to be I think he expects himself to be the ace which is fantastic but I think that what he has to realize right now is that like that part of his career is going to come because he's his stuff is that good but I think that he I think right now he's got to realize that like you've got guys um you've got guys like like Snell and Darvish and now Musgrove you don't have to go out there and strike everyone out and go seven scoreless innings like your lineup is really good behind you. Um, you know, you're going to have a good team. Uh, you've got a good defense. You've got, like, like I said, you just have a good team. And I think he puts too much pressure on himself a little bit, and that's the way it seems to me. Um, I think, like, I, not that he's a role player, but I think that he his role this year is to, it's not to be the ace. And I think once he realizes that, um, not that I, like I said, not that I don't think he can be an ace, but I think once he realizes that they, like right now his role in the Padres is to, is to go out there to eat up innings, to, um, you know, to give them quality starts really, because they have such a good, a good offense behind him. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Cause I, cause he, his, his stuff is too good to, to pitch the way he is pitching.
1: No, I agree totally. I think he does put a lot of pressure on himself to be that ace, you know, guy I think he's one of those guys that just, like you said, needs to kind of relax and just realize that they just need him to be a good number four and him pitching to like, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't need to have a below three ERA. If he's got a three five and he goes 13 and eight for them, he's going to be one of the best number fours in baseball. So he doesn't need to be anything better than what they need. And all they need is a good solid number four that's going to go out there and throw them good innings, which if he does that, they should be able to compete with the Dodgers for the division title, which is what I think we're all hoping for. But, um, you know, I, I know that that team's got aspirations to they get to the world series. So I think for them to do that, I mean, you can go to a world series with three guys, the three man rotation, but, having a fourth or a four man rotation with four really elite guys like they could have could make them, you know, even more dangerous. So yeah, I hope he figures it out. I think he will. though.
0: Yeah, I do too. I think that him and, uh, and Dustin may are kind of in similar positions as to where they fit on their respective teams because, and I think that Dustin may has done a really good job I mean, Dustin May is, I mean, right now he's their fourth or fifth starter in their rotation. And he has ace level stuff, just like Chris Paddock. And I think that Dustin May knows like the Dodgers, the guys they have in front of him, Bauer, Kershaw, Bueller. I mean, these are all Cy Young guys and Dustin May could be there too. Chris Paddock could be there too. But I think Dustin May realizes that his team is so freaking good around him. That he doesn't have to go out there and try and do too much. And once you do that, you see May go out there and throw five, six, seven shutout innings, throwing a hundred with a foot of movement on his fastball. And um I, I think once Chris Paddock realizes that, that he's gonna he's gonna be the pitcher that we think that he is. So um yeah, I don't know. I um, I mean like what do you think that's a good analogy with him and, and May? I, I think they're similar in no, a similar uh, spot.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that I think that May is more comfortable with his team and his role, and he yeah. understands that his stuff is good enough where he'll be an ace one day. Um, yeah. You know, I think Paddock's kind of—he reminds me a lot of Chris Archer, where he came up and had a lot of success, and people were kind of naming him the next ace of their team, and then they put a lot of pressure on themselves, and it becomes you know where they're trying to do too much instead of just. Kind of relaxing and just going out. Like when I think of when I see Dustin May pitch, I see a guy that knows that he doesn't need to go seven or eight. He just needs to go five, and he just goes out there, does this thing for five innings, keeps the Dodgers in the game, and is very effective. Obviously,
0: yeah, yeah, it it really is true. And you know, when you when you have a team that's so good like the Dodgers, you know all you have to do is go out there and, and give your team a chance to win. And, and you, I mean, any team with an offense like that, that's, that's all you ask for, for your pitchers. And, and the Padres are in that position right now where they are s- such a good offensive team. Um, Yeah. And, and, and I don't know how, you know, I don't know how that, I guess how that, if that's a change that needs to happen in his mindset or maybe so it just someone needs to tell him like, look, man, you just have to like, all we need from you, like, don't try and do too much. You just have to go out there and give us a chance to compete. Um, You know, and it's not like he doesn't do that already, but I think that, you know, that's where you see him take his game to the next level. If he's able to, you know, to get that going a little bit. So I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see, but yeah, that kind of, that does it for kind of the breakdown of the division. That's all we, that's, that's about what we got there. But um, I wonder, like I want to look at a couple of the players, um, you know, that are having a lot of success right now. And a lot of them mean different things to different teams. Um, and the first one I want to look at is Brandon Nimmo. Um, So coming into the year and, Obviously, being a Mets fan, I'm privy to a lot of this talk. But, um, you know, a lot of people when George Springer was a free agent, a lot of people just assumed the Mets would sign George Springer and put him in in center field. Um, Nimmo's been their center fielder, um, you know, aside from opening day when when Pilar started. But um, Nimmo has been the only Met right now that has consistently hit he's hitting 464 right now um and you know he's he he plays fine defense he's fine I mean he's a little he's below average for sure but it's interesting to see the you know people who are just so ready to write off Brandon Nimmo regardless of the fact that he's been a top five on like a Top five hitter in terms of on base percentage the past couple of years. I'm wondering, I guess, one, whether or not you see this, um, you see Nimo continue this success throughout the year. And two, you know, if you see him being as important a part of the Mets as I do.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of his. He gets on base. I think right now he's seeing like 462, which is really good. Um, he just, he's a good baseball player. You know, and I know some people don't like him, but to me, he gets on base. He does his job very well. And, you know, I think if the Mets want to be a really good team this year, he's going to be a big part of that because he gets on base. He sets the table for guys like Lindor, Dom Smith, Pete Alonso, Conforto. So I think when you see those guys, you know, have the big monster offensive seasons that I think they're going to have a lot of it is because Nimmo's on base when he gets on first, he can steal second, so he, you know, he can cause havoc on the bases as well. But anytime you have a guy that gets on base as much as he does, I mean, it's, it helps your offense and your team just so much in general.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I agree 100%. Um, and you know, like we said, in a time where the Mets offense is, they are struggling a little bit right now. Um, seeing him swing the bat well has been a, a great sign. Um another guy I want to talk about too is JD Martinez. Um down year last year obviously. Um but right, I mean he's off to a rip and start. 5 dingers, 16 RBIs and uh, he's hitting 378 currently. Um I mean he's slugging 867. That's I'd say that's pretty good. Um so JD Martin, this is something that I know a lot of guys struggled last season because they didn't have the in-game, the iPads in the dugout. Um, and a lot, I know a lot of players use that for uh, to their advantage, you know, for scouting pitchers before breaking down their swing for a prior at-bat. And I know J.D. Martinez was a guy who really benefited from that. And I know some people were saying coming into the season that, like, now that he's able to use that again, um, you know, this this should uh, – he should be back to normal, and it seems so. Um So I guess, how about, what do you think about JD Martinez? Do you think that his being quote unquote back so far, is this going to, you know, we talked about the Red Sox earlier, but is this going to help propel the Red Sox? I mean, what does he mean to this Red Sox team right now?
1: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been a great hitter for them ever since he's gotten to Boston. I know last year we touched on each other a little bit, but I mean, he's just a pure hitter. He's one of the best in baseball. Um, I, you know, if he has a monster season, Um, like I think he's capable of, you know, that's huge for their offense because their lineup's incredibly deep. They're all very talented. And, you know, if he's back to the MVP form that he was with Bogarts and Devers and Verdugo and Dahlbeck, and I mean, the list just goes on and on with them, you know, it makes that lineup just incredibly tough to pitch to, which, you know, I know obviously people think that they don't have a great pitching staff, but, the way they hit the ball, their pitching staff just has to be okay. So, and I think he's a huge, you know, he's a he bat's right in the heart of their order. And, you know, when he's, when he's hot I and mean, when he's going right, he's, he's one of the best ever in baseball.
0: Yeah. No question about it. Um, lastly, I want to talk about some pitchers a little bit here. You mentioned him earlier. Um, actually, you mentioned these two guys um and both of them are currently tied for atop the leaderboard in in ERA but uh Lance Lynn and Joe Ross um obviously you know the three the uh well the two-headed monster atop the Nationals rotation in Strasburg and Scherzer um and then obviously they've got Corbin when Lester comes back that's a pretty good you know 1 through 4 but then you've got Joe Ross who looks like an ace as well right now um now, this is kind of a two-parter, but there's a little bit and and I've noticed this too and obviously it's coming with age, but over the past couple of years, you know, Max Scherzer, he doesn't necessarily have that 98 in his tank anymore to blow guys away. He's still Max Scherzer. Um, but do you does Joe Ross need to step up like this even more in um and then kind of like along with that is this the year we finally see Max Scherzer quote unquote regress a little bit?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think, I think Joe Ross is at the point in his career where if he can step up and pitch like an ace, that's great. You know, they'll take it for sure. I don't think they're counting on it right now. Still. I think they're hoping he just keeps pitching well. And then, you know, I think that, I think that all of their guys in the rotation, Wester, Corbin, Strasburg and Scherzer, I think all of them are kind of, Hit that point in their career where maybe the velo is not there anymore, and we'll see if they can adapt to it. Um, you know, I think Max Scherzer are still going to be effective. Obviously, I don't think he's going to win a Cy Young this year or anything, but I think he's still, you know, one of the better pitchers in baseball. I think that the guy really that's been hurt the most by his dip in velo has been Corbin. After the World Series year, you know, last year, his fastball deal has only been 90, 91-ish, which, you know, it's, that's fine for a lefty. But, I, you know, I've noticed that he kind of, he struggled a little bit in terms of making adjustment from 93 to 95 to 91-ish. Um, but, I, you know, in general, I think that pitching staff, the, you know, the names on it says playoff team. But the question is, you know, what do you get out of these, these guys at their age? Especially Scherzer and um, I think even John Lester. John Lester could be, you know, if he pitches like he's capable of, that, that team could be really dangerous, but it also could, it could also struggle if, you know, age is caught up to a few of those guys. So,
0: yeah, we'll see. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on for sure. You know, in an, in an era where velocity is just is king right now, um, the Nationals are in an interesting spot. So, um, yeah, I guess to, to wrap up, this is kind of, a um, a story that hits close to home, but, uh, Tim LaCastro, the former, um, Ithaca college bomber or Ithaca college bomber, um, recently broke Tim Raines, the hall of famers record for most consecutive steals, uh, consecutive, I guess, successful steals to start your career. 28 straight. He's the cleats are being sent to the Hall of Fame. Um just awesome. So cool to watch from, you know, so cool. A guy that, you know, was drafted out of your Division 3 school and just like um watching him be an everyday player in the big leagues and then getting rec- recognition for it. I mean, he's really he's one of the players for Arizona right now that he's a fan favorite. Um and he's really good at what he does for yeah. for his role. I mean he uh leadoff guy, stupid fast. Um Olympic speed fast, like yes, insanely fast. I mean, we watched I talked about Shohei Otani beating out uh an in infield hit, but there was a ground ball to can't remember who they who the Diamondbacks were playing now, but literally routine ground ball to the shortstop. Um and the guy I, I watched the short I think it was the Phillies. No, like now I can't remember. I think you're thinking of
1: a Cunha on Sunday night baseball where he beat out Yes, different,
0: different, uh, yeah, yeah. but, but this also happened with the Castro where now I'm blanking. who's playing short, but the shortstop, I mean, they know who's running. So he the ball. The ball was hit, you know, relatively hard. He gets it and didn't move his feet at all. Like just fielded it and threw it to first in one motion and Castro still beat the ball out. Um, I mean, that just, that says it right there.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, and he's, he's such a fan favorite because he, he's a hard worker, humble guy, uh, just a great guy in general. And, you know, he doesn't try to do too much. Like you said, he just, he knows his role. He gets on first, his job is to get on first base and he does it really well, whether it's getting hit by a pitch or putting the ball on the ground and beating out things for hits. You know, he's, he's playing really well right now and it's awesome to see him get the recognition for the stolen base. Um, you know, it's, it's obviously really cool that he went to college. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's just a gritty guy. He's a hard worker yeah. and you know, he does his job incredibly well. Yeah. And you know, right now for the diamondbacks, he's been one of their better players. I mean, he got off to a little bit of a slow start, but he's, he's really been a, a very good leadoff guy for them. I
0: think at one point he was leading their team in batting average. <laughs> I mean, He's hitting right, about two like 258, which is, you know, which is good for what, for what he does. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, kind of, a so, you know, awesome for us to watch. That's just a little, a little story that's close to our hearts for sure. Um, to watch the, the former bomber just continue to kill it. But, um, I know, uh, Jared Karabas just retweeted the video of, uh, of soups home run from, uh, from today. So Karabas is, uh, does this bat flip grade thing and uh I guess they got his uh his bat flip on let's see if you can I'll pull it up here for you I'll show yeah you. yeah that one right there yeah he graded that and 8.3 so not bad at all um very cool a uh, little bit of love for the uh little bit of love for the uh the bombers here uh, in the national media so so we love it But, um, yeah, good stuff going on in the MLB right now. Uh, starting to get into the swing of, uh, uh, you know, the regular season and, uh, you know, I guess the, the opening excitement has kind of drained, uh, in terms of, you know, just being happy to be back in baseball. Now you want to see, um, see which teams can establish themselves and, you know, we'll look for that and, uh,
1: and yeah. Yeah. also a quick little shout out to my man ethan birch he gave our podcast a little love on the broadcast call they had for today's game oh did he uh, yeah he was doing our, our second game with a doubleheader he gave us a little love there so he say? i think when i came into pitch he uh he said something about us having a podcast you and me so shout out no to ethan No way! look at that like, it's a guy's guy right there
0: yes sir yeah ethan birch great guy Great! I Great didn't job. even know they were doing play-by-play for the baseball games. Yeah, he, i think he did the second game. That's okay, cool. so like, never heard about that, and kind of, you know what? I gotta get it. I gotta get in on that. So Hell yeah, I don't know how. how then that you can will. just
1: spend the whole game talking about our awesome podcast.
0: Exactly. I'll just plug that the entire time. Maybe I'm not going to tell them that before I do it, but um, yeah. yeah. Last thing to end off the night: currently, Carlos Rodon is throwing a perfect game.
1: Against the Cleveland Indians,
0: that's nothing to be – Yep, I probably just jinxed it, but – Got good stuff, man. Who knows? Who knows? Um, Yeah, but thank you for tuning in, everybody, uh, to this – the 14th episode. Um, And, uh, you know, super – we had a super fun time uh, with this one. And uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram. And thank, uh, shout out to Ethan Birch for. Uh, we love you, Ethan Birch. Yes, we love you, Ethan. Um, so yeah, thanks guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you real soon.